0: Hey everybody, welcome back to A Higher Future. As always, I'm UBC Minetti from Interview IA. And today I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I like to geek out on, on tech and new technology. Um, and I've always had a thing about languages. Like I wish I could learn, you know, I'm a Star Trek Trekkie. So I love the universal translator, right? So um, so we'll get into what Kudo does. But Fardid Zabiesian, Zabiesian, right? started is here with us. He is the co-founder and CEO at KUDO. Uh, so first of all, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Very good. Very good. Greetings from uh, uh, almost rainy day in New York City. Thanks for having me. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm
0: excited. We connected. So we're both members of the Forbes Technology Council, which is really cool. Um, and so, you know, this, you're kind of the first Fellow member in a series that I'd like to do that you know really highlights the important work that um, that we're all doing, but first let's start with Kudo. Uh, Tell tell us a little bit about how you got to Kudo and how you got to today. It
1: took me about 20 years, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) So, um, but the problem that kind of got me excited about Kudo is a problem that I've been focusing on solving all those 20 years prior to Kudo. So uh, breaking language barriers has been my passion and my belief and something that I really enjoy um, over the last 20 years. Um, Kudo is my third company. Uh, Prior to that, two other companies in the same space uh, mainly focus for in-person meetings where uh, people, they get together uh, regularly to meet and language was a challenge for them, right. um, Of course, there has been a lot of great projects that I'm very proud to share, but I wanna start with the UN, uh, the uh, renovation of the UN 10 years ago, the project that brought me to New York from California. And, uh, uh and I'm very proud to share that, uh, this is a project that, uh, pretty much, uh, the team and I, we worked on design integration of every piece of equipment that helped all the head of states and UN delegation to communicate in six official languages. Wow. And of course, Um, We saw a shift to uh, moving online Mm -hmm. and uh, decentralized where people are not all in a one physical space and felt the need of how can we grow um, this market and make multilingual meetings available and accessible um, for a larger user base. uh, make it easier for mm-hmm. meeting planners and users to be able to schedule and uh, conduct a multilingual meeting.
0: And so that, that concept of being able to scale this came before the pandemic. So you were working on this before that.
1: Absolutely. We yeah. uh, started with the idea in 2016, in the summer of 2016, had a proof of concept by the end of the year Okay. and set up the company January, 2017. Awesome. Then it took us about two years to uh, build our very first version of the product and launch yeah. end of 2018. So 2019, the year before pandemic, uh, it was our first year having a live product in the market. And, and so what, what happened then
0: a year later <laughs> when, you know the pandemic hits, and now everybody is having to work from home, work remote, communicate in this way. What did what happened? Did you see a shift in your in in what was happening with Kudo? Yes. So for
1: any new um, solution, any new technology, you have the early adopters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who are uh, tend to take higher risk to try new technologies. They're very proud to use new technology. We had a lot of those in 2019 prior to pandemic that very excited about using Kudo, how possibly they can have their uh, smartphones, uh, being able to provide live audio of the meetings Mm -hmm. in different languages, uh, or have a speaker to chime in from Japan. Uh, speaking Japanese while the meeting, let's say is in Paris. So we have a lot of those uh, early adopters in 2019. Uh, 2020, um, when pandemic happened, um, uh, many of those uh, within the medium, I'm not talking about late adopters, I'm talking about people that it takes a bit of a time for them to adopt to a new technology. Right. they kind of forced into, using crudo because they needed to continue to have their business meetings and mm-hmm. all the borders are closed um, and there's no flight but business uh, needs to go on so uh, we went from um, 3 million minute usage per month to almost 4 million minute usage per day in less oh than you're weeks. kidding me <laughs> Wow, Wow. that's Uh, awesome. The pandemic uh, 2020 really put us ahead of our schedule um, about 18 months uh, in our business plan, um, uh, headcount, customer acquisition, uh, tractions in the market uh, and the team, right? Uh, The team, the headcount of our team has grown significantly from team of 14 people in March of 2020 to today about 170 people. Oh, so, you're kidding, wow. Yeah. Um, so yes, that's, uh, that has been a, 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 a hyper growth experience for us, which also brings a lot of challenges as well.
0: Sure. Well, yeah, so how hard was it for you to find this, the, the talent you needed? I mean, what, what kind of struggles did you experience uh, given, you know, again, remote work, um, the, you know, a, a opportunity definitely presents itself when you have the ability to hire from anywhere, but there's also certain challenges if you're not set up for that. So what, what, how did you all experience that and manage that?
1: Yeah. So um, when uh, we go through that phase of hyper growth, uh, you overgrow your network very quickly of referrals and uh, uh, basically friends and all the sourcing that you have on your network. So um, on, we had an advantage because we build the company from day one as a remote company. Yes, we do mm-hmm. have an office in New York. But usually there are only three, four people in this office uh, and not on a regular basis. So we've been remote before pandemic. Right. Uh, Definitely we were uh, very quickly able to recruit teams uh, pretty much everywhere. We have team Mm -hmm. members from Taiwan or Sydney, Australia, all the way to California and Argentina. So there is no pretty much uh, Limit on where we can hire Um, the key is uh, being able to um, create a culture that uh, uh, is really a fit for remote teams and that depends on really what we do our mission and how much this resonates with the candidates and how Mm -hmm. much uh, we rely on regions pods time zones and how much of our meetings are live versus asynchronous mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So definitely there is a lot of um, a requirement to build a, a, a operational um, uh, ability to perform efficiently for a remote culture that you know we're learning as, as we're growing further.
0: Yeah, well, I- exactly. And I think, I think a lot of, it, it, it's, it's great in one sense, because globally, we all had to sort of figure that out. How could we be efficient and productive? Um, but then when you figure out, okay, w- what am I going to do, especially as we come out of the pandemic, and we need to grow again, or we need to hyper grow as, as you did during the pandemic? You know, it's the the considerations that that, to me, I feel like there's a lot of homework that needs to be done internally first, like you said, to understand and align your mission and your current culture and what changes need to be made to support this new way of hiring and and building a team. Um, Was that, did you all go through that or was was that a difficult process to sort of internally look within yourselves to say are we even set up for this
1: i think we didn't really have the time and a break Mm -hmm. to really ask those questions from ourselves you know we um, i recall in april and may we had uh, grown like three times in like two and a half months (laughs) and um, And there was not enough time for onboarding, uh, proper onboarding, right? Mm. So it's just learn as you go, right? And uh, of course we have uh, build the team and the process uh, uh, in a way that we have more visibility uh, since beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, uh, candidly, there was no time for us to really assess everything properly right uh, uh we were making mistakes but we were learning very quickly and, mm-hmm. and trying to uh document this so one of the things that um it's it's a key if um we repeat something twice we know that we have to write it down uh, if mm-hmm. you're saying The same thing in two different uh, persons in a company. Uh, You know, you gotta write it down because the information flow, the know-how, the knowledge flow is really a key for 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 any organizations that is working remote and also has a has a growth plan. Uh, Being able to document and communicate more in writing rather than live or pre-recorded. Ah, video.
0: Interesting. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, I hadn't thought about that part of it, but, a, and I like that rule <laughs> that, you know, if it's repeated twice, you better write it down. That's a, that's a great one to take away. And I mean, I think it it, it just, um, it, it also provides a way for you to go back and, and understand if it was successful or not, right? I mean, that, that documentation, that repetitiveness then gives you the ability to scale that across the organization, especially as you grow, uh, and, and I think that can be valuable for really any process throughout the company, so no, that's super cool. Uh, well, what, kind of my one final question, what, what, so what's the future of work in your, from your perspective? What do you see moving forward for any
1: organization? Well, let me close my eyes and <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I think um, I think future of work or the new norm or hybrid meetings or hybrid work. These are, in my opinion, it's becoming a bit of an overused uh, uh, terminologies these days. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when you look at um, how we communicate today um, how we, um, access to new market, how we need to access to new talent,
0: mm-hmm.
1: new partners. And there are, or there has been a lot of limitations in the past from, mm-hmm. uh, distance, uh, financial transactions, technology to enable communications such as video uh, or audio or telephone or sending pigeons as a messenger, right? Mm -hmm. So we've come a long way to be able to access to new talent, access to new market, and access to new partners. As as entrepreneurs, as uh, business owners, as product managers, as thought leaders, there's only one Barrier still, and that's language. Right. Uh, language still remains the last piece of the puzzle to really make us um, uh, basically give us the potential of signing a new partner in China, in Malaysia, in Argentina hiring somebody independent from language proficiency, not necessarily talented people that we need to hire to do a specific job in the company. They need to understand or speak my language, right? So um, how can we overcome that? How can we create an opportunity for businesses to go to a global market quicker, building a product with a lot more uh, uh, feature set that is relevant for the, for not just a domestic market, for other markets. So you can get much bigger market share. Um, and that's something that really excites us at KUDO. That's something that we are very passionate by having a platform that is really designed with a multilingual um, element in mind, and also a, a marketplace that businesses can book um vetted professional interpreters 24 7 to be able to overcome that language barrier so um, i think future of work of course as we know uh work from anywhere um and uh, also um, do business uh, with uh, any partners independent from their language right so uh, yeah. that's uh, that's kind of what we see as far as uh, what's ahead of us and not uh, not uh, not uh, uh, too far away so we still have I agree we have many customers that are using our platform for exactly what uh, I just explained
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Well, uh, yeah, I'm excited to explore a potential partnership with what the, you know, what we're both doing. Um, because I, I agree. I think, you know, a lot of bias, a lot of judgment that we have, uh, for other people comes from that inability to communicate clearly and effectively. And the number one obstacle to that is language. So you're fighting that fight, which is just wonderful. I'm very excited for you. Uh, thank you for taking the time to, to talk today. It was really a great conversation. Um, yeah, good to see you.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Yubi, for having me.
0: Absolutely. And thank you all for continuing to tune in. Um, this is the first uh, episode in kind of a new series of uh, profiles that we're going to be doing of uh, fellow Forbes Technology members. So check it out on A Higher Future on our website, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.